tuning in to the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Hello, After Buzzers. Welcome back to How to Be a Host. I'm your host, Olivia Gabri, aka The Real OG. And tonight, I'm interviewing Deanna Espier. Hi. So, two things. First of all, you should be honored because you're my first host that's a non-AfterBuzz host. Oh my gosh, thank you. And I mean, I'm honored to be here. Yeah, space. you should. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're, we're actually really good friends off camera, so it's like we, we just have the chemistry going already. Yeah. Do you feel weird talking to me in front of a camera? I feel like we're just pretending to be official, <laughs> and when I see you, we're just so casual. But... I like official OG. Yeah, well, another thing, I mean, you're not an AfterBuzz host, but you're not new to AfterBuzz. I was, like, bragging to everybody that was here. I was like, <laughs> Deanna is more AfterBuzz OG than me because you were a music artist, and AfterBuzz actually interviewed you before. It's so embarrassing. No, it's not. It's awesome, dude. No, because when I was interviewed, I was so so shy. I had. I don't think I'd ever done an interview before in my life. Mm -hmm. So not only could I not interview someone, but I could not be interviewed. How did you make the switch? Like you went from being the talent to interviewing the talent. What made you want to do that? I don't know. I guess like I wasn't really happy as talent. I'm mm -hmm. the kind of person like I like to bring up other talent, as you've seen, as my friend. <laughs> <laughs> You're always like, even to me, I feel like that's what, that's what you do. Yeah, just like collaborating. I like bringing up talent. So, and I felt like when you're talent, it's so competitive. But when you're a host, you just like work with people. Mm -hmm. Well, like it better. And that's exactly what you do. So you're a host at Hollywire. Yes. And you're also a host of your own content, which is uh, your Facebook show, Fashionably Latte. Yes. As well as your podcast slash, I mean, overall brand at this point, You Can't Sit With Me. Yes, You Can't Sit With Me has become my brand. Mm -hmm. It's also kind of your brand, too. Well, you know, I'm, I'm on the team. You're on the team. You're co-host of the show. <laughs> so, Hollywire has been around for a minute. Tell me a little bit about your role at Hollywire. Like, what are you expected to do to make this brand become a thing? So, at Hollywire, I do, obviously, like, hosting, producing. Mm -hmm. So, um, we do a lot of in-studio interviews and some red carpet events. So, obviously, when you do that, as you know very well, you have to research about all the people that you're talking to. But we also try to make the content a little bit different, a little bit more fun. It's more like conversational. It's not, what are you up to this week? Mm -hmm. What are you going to do next month? We try to make it more just like a natural interaction with someone. And I also do social media, um, you know, a, a bit of everything at yeah. this point. Like we, I also take part in like planning the content when it's coming out. Yeah, well, stuff. you have, I mean, you have your hands in it all because, you, I mean, you have interns now. So as someone that wants to try to break into a network like AfterBuzz or like Hollywire, what do you look for in someone that you want to hire? Or what skills does somebody have to have to fit into that world? Uh, oh my gosh, that's such a hard question. It's, I feel like I've been put on the spot. <laughs> it's so difficult. It's so hard because, um, I don't know, for me, like, just be you. Like, for me, it's just easy to work with someone like uh -huh. you because you, you're you down to be creative in any way. You're not like, I just want to do this, and I just want to edit, or I just want to do that. You you can do so many things. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, um, you want to learn. Like, I, I would like to work with someone who wants to learn. What I don't like, and I'm going to say this loud and clear, um, I've had a couple of people DMing me on Instagram being like, uh, oh, hey, um, I'm trying to become a host. Is there a position available as a host? 
And it's kind of like every, obviously everyone wants to do hosting and mm -hmm. acting in LA. So I just feel like you kind of have to work your way up if you want to host. Mm -hmm. And so I find, I don't know, I think it's a little bit too forward when people say that. I think it's good when people say, oh, I'd like to learn. Is there any way I can help? I can do this. I have those skills. I have this skills. And that's kind of what I did as well. Like I started by doing a lot of like social media stuff and writing. I used to mm -hmm. write segments um, for the older version of Hollywire. I was writing scripts. And then, you know, uh, after months and months of doing that, I was like, hi, so I've been working at this company for so and so months. Um, do you think I could have my shot as a host? Yeah. And so I, I only asked for the opportunity when I have, had proven myself to be able to do a lot of other stuff right. before that. So it is appropriate to reach out, you would say, just the manner in which you do it really matters. Yeah, I think it's definitely in the manner as you said, um, I like it when people show me that they want to learn, but that they have many different skills and that also they are just, they'll say yes. You know, yeah. at the beginning, you kind of just have to say yes, because I feel like when you're a host, it's very difficult because you do have to have, you, you have to have a brain a little yeah. bit because you can't just be like, eh, say well, nothing, I will ask you questions. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you have to be okay with criticism because, you know, if you're hosting on YouTube, you're going to read those comments. <laughs> and they're not always real. So you have to have a tough skin. Yeah. Um, you, at the same time, have to, like, look appropriate when you're going to events. So you also have to put a little bit of thought in, like, your styling and you have to kind of present nicely yeah. in your own style. You don't have to fit to, like, a certain image, whatever. Um, but I still think it's important to go and show that, you know, you've tried at right. least. Uh, and also you have to, you know, collaborate. You have to know how to have a conversation with someone. You're probably going to be put in a situation where you're with another host who's for a different outlet and one time you'll be next to each other not working together and the next day you will be working together. So I feel like if you don't have so many skills and you really, really want to do it, mm -hmm. it's kind of difficult to yeah. get there. Well, I mean, that's, I feel like that's something I always talk about is, is when you want to even just enter the entertainment industry at all, yeah. you have to know how to do a lot of different things because yeah. if you, if they could hire one person to do many things, why would they hire five people to do the job that one person could probably do? Exactly. And that's what a lot of the online networks are experiencing now, rather than have one editor, mm -hmm. one producer, one host, like what they do on TV, essentially they hire one person mm -hmm. who can do all of those things. So I feel like definitely, tr even if you are in a position where you can't learn, go to YouTube, do a YouTube tutorial. Teach yourself. Teach yourself. It's so easy to teach yourself nowadays. Um, become really good at like Instagram stories because that's really important. So yeah. you want to be able to use like After Effects. Like whenever someone says, I can use After Effects and do a really good Insta, Insta story, like, I'm like, well, you're Ding. the, I feel like you're the Instagram queen. Oh, but no. What are, I mean, you didn't start out good at all these things. What do you feel like some necessary skills are that you've required over, you know, the span of your hosting career? It's so hard because I really don't feel like I'm an example at any of those things. You do, seriously, you're over here like coding a website and I'm like, Dana, how, can you teach me how to do that? Like, you know a lot, dude. No, I don't know how to code a website. Okay, but you, you do all of the, um, how do you say? Like the SEO. Yes. Yeah, I, so SEO Oh, I don't even know how I've learned SEO, to be honest. I, I hear everyone saying SEO, SEO, SEO. 
So I search engine optimization. optimization. <laughs> you know what, people? This is what you need to do. We get. need to be in on the lingo. Okay? Uh, 100%. I can't believe I sound like such a nerd. I know. <laughs> um, SEO, what I did was, first of all, I was like, what is SEO? <laughs> so I Googled and YouTubed SEO, and I found out that it's like the result, like, your relevance on Google, basically. Mm -hmm. And then when I launched my own website, the Con't Sit With Me website, um, I, I couldn't find it on Google, so I called a web developer and I was like, oh, how do I improve my SEO? And he says, oh, I'll put a plugin to your WordPress site and you figure it out. And basically, the plugin tells me that, so I, I've had to learn as I went on, uh -huh. but the plugin tells me that, you know, when you add these words in your title, make oh. sure that you add these words in your description, and then it has to be uh, uh, 300 words at least. Like, you learn as you go. So if you don't try, it's you can't just want to be a host and be like, okay, I'm ready. I want to be a host. Where's my script? Where's my camera? Where's right. this? You have to kind of also try and make it happen for yourself. If you look at Hollywire, old version of Hollywire, uh, look at Chelsea Briggs. She made the company happen. Now she's oh, she's hosting it in so many different places. So if you try to make it happen for yourself by having a personal project, you will learn all the skills that you need that those companies are looking for. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, and I mean, that's the thing about starting your own brand. I'm even discovering that now is yeah. like, I never thought I could edit. I, I never even thought I was really creative. And here I am just You're like so pulling creative. stuff out of wherever. So You're so creative. And even now, oh, for you. example, um, you're very cool with your fashion. Mm -hmm. And if someone was like the other day, you were on set with me and I was like, Olivia, I have an issue with this top and you could like help me fix it mm -hmm. and make it look cute. And these are things that people want to have around in their work environment. So yeah. And always stay ready. I think a lesson from when I was oh at Hotwire the other day, I really was standing behind the camera, like just there to help you and support you. And she your was boss so was sweet. like, We need some help. Can you just go in? Get in and there. And there was not even like a second to think. And you just kind of have to be like, Yep, and yeah, I'm ready. Do you know what I've my best reaction was? <laughs> When he said that, what? I looked at your face and I was like, oh my God, is she glammed? <laughs> and you, because I was like, I knew you would have been mortified. Yeah, if I had like no and makeup And you had like on. zero makeup. And he was like, get in there. Because it was like a very awkward in mm -hmm. situation in that interview. And so you got in there and I look at your face and I was like, oh my gosh, yes. She's glammed. Be always stay ready. That's always be ready. Yeah. Know. And if you're not going to be glammed and you work in those companies, always have... So, like a mascara or a makeup bag, because that's what happened to me in the old Hollywood as well. Um, they needed someone, and they were like, are you ready to do this? And I was like, okay. Opportunity just comes knocking, like, all of a sudden, you know? When you least expect it. Mm-hmm. 100%. So another thing um, that, I mean, it's true of every outlet, but especially Hollywire, you have a demographic, um, yeah. that, which is, you know, Younger than AfterBuzz, I would say, but AfterBuzz's demographic is different because we yeah. cater to people who love television, whereas mm -hmm. you're more pop culture driven. Yeah, pop culture. So when, as as a creator exactly. at all, I mean, even as an Instagrammer, as a YouTuber, it's very important to know your audience. So how does your demographic affect your day-to-day -day functioning at Hollywire? Like, what does it mean? Um, so I would definitely say that at Hollywire, 
the demographic affects the way that I approach people and my vocabulary. <laughs> because if you if you've listened to my podcast, I'm very unfiltered. Yeah. So how like how what is your demographic for your podcast? You would say versus the demographic for Hollywire. My podcast is like 23 to 40. Mm -hmm. So it's like very diverse. Um, obviously, there's not all these age categories that listen, which is like there's a bit of a gap in there, but mm -hmm. it ranges from that to that. Um, and I'm very much unfiltered, like even in real life, even in the way I dress, like I just, I, I get out of my house with no makeup on and just in my PJs <laughs> and a I don't care bun and I'm mm -hmm. like, ugh, like I'm very unfiltered. And so when I'm at Hollywood, I do feel like I, ha I, sh I have to approach people a little bit differently. I feel like it's more appropriate to be a little bit more elegant in mm -hmm. a way, do you know what I mean? Um, so that's how it affects my day-to-day. -day. Also, um, the stuff that I read in general, like I, I feel like the stuff that we cover at Hollywire, I wouldn't necessarily look at myself besides mm -hmm. Ariana Grande. So what, like, what are things that fit that demographic that you make sure that you would talk about or cover? Like, give me an example. Um, definitely, uh, like YouTubers. Um, mm -hmm. Hollywire love YouTubers. They love young pop singers like Justin Bieber, Selena Gomez, Shawn Mendes, mm -hmm. uh, Ariana Grande. Um, who else? It's so hard because you know, as we're Just still like transitioning, pop culture things. Yeah, young pop culture. They love the Nickelodeon kids, oh, um, okay. Musically kids, all these very like digital stars. Mm -hmm. um, that's quite popular on like. It's so online. funny how times are changing, and you yeah. always. I sometimes feel like my mom in a way because some like people that you would cover on Hollywire. I probably don't, I'm not even familiar with a lot of them. I feel like when I started there, I was so like in the mix and I was like, oh, I know this musically person and this musically yeah. person. And now that in a year, I feel I've evolved so much. I'm joking, I haven't evolved. But I feel like I've really grown like mentally mm -hmm. this year and I don't look at the same things that I used to. So now I'm like, who's this guy? Like, and oh, celebrity is just so different now. Like, yeah. There are so many people who have access to fame. It's hard even to keep up who's who at 100%, this point. A hundred percent. There's like so many different types of fame. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, these old Hollywood, and I say old Hollywood, I mean it in the nicest, I don't mean that they're actually old, but I mean the more traditional Hollywood actors that get paparazzied everywhere would not perform well on YouTube or would not get go viral on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Whereas a musically person that wouldn't get paparazzied anywhere yeah. will go viral on a YouTube interview, yeah. which is really weird. So there's many different types of fame. Um, so I, uh, to answer your question before that, um, what affects my day-to-day -day activity is researching more where do these people do well? If mm -hmm. I do an Instagram post about this person, is that person going to do well on Instagram? If I do a YouTube video about, about that person, is it going to do well on YouTube? And then all these different kinds of fames fit in different categories exactly. and different outlets. And yeah. I think with that being said, it's re it really just comes down to strategy and being yeah. well-versed in things. So, yeah. like you said, you know, some people are going to do well on YouTube. Some people are going to do well in that demographic. Whereas, yeah. you know, Hollywire and Access Hollywood are completely different because mm -hmm. the ages of the people, the areas of the people, and right. the interests of the people are just so extremely different. Right. So you have to be kind of strategic in right. what you put out there. 
but I do feel like as the company is evolving in the new direction, mm -hmm. the audience is evolving as well. Yeah. Um, some of the stuff that used to do well now doesn't as much, and we're kind of rediscovering like a new aspect with like a whole new audience. So, and we're covering a lot more music now. We're a lot more into like rap and urban music too. So yeah. it's ever changing as well, which means that if you think you know something, you most probably don't. It's changing the next day. <laughs> yeah, you know it'll be different when you wake up in the morning. You wake up in the morning and you've spent the whole night writing a story and then you're like, oh wait, mm -hmm. can't use that. Yeah, because information's like this now, you know. So as a person who is hosting now full time, I kind of want to get your personal opinion on something. I mean, it's something that I'm definitely familiar with. I'm sure many other hosts, mm -hmm. you know, hosts have bad days. There are some days where you feel not cute or you're just not in the mood, but like you today. but you want to like perform your best, you know? So what is something you do personally to make sure that you can put on for the camera every day even when you're not feeling like it? It depends. Like do you mean like face-wise? You know or when just you're like tired. Mood wise Sometimes you just don't want to turn it on and then the camera comes on, you have to be like, "Hey, I'm Olivia Gabriel." And it's like, "I just had a shit day." Oh, you said shit. Yeah. <laughs> Just no F words, please. Okay, fine. <laughs> shit! <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so you mean mood-wise, not face-wise. Because I have a way. really good one for face-wise. Well, then give me the tips. Give me the pointers. Here's the tip. If you're on camera mm -hmm. and you have had very little sleep, which is what I'm currently experiencing, um, and your face looks tired, like your eyes are baggy and they look dark, um, I have this machine, and it's like a steamer. You have a machine? It's a machine, guys. I'm joking. It's um, it's a facial steamer. So you know when you like, I don't know how to explain. Your no matter how much makeup you wear, yeah. your face just feels tired and gross. Yeah. I steam my face in the morning with a steamer, and it kind of like wakes it up. It moisture, it hydrates the face. It kind of just depots. I admire your like whole regimen. I feel like you you really got it down. You got to teach me the ways. I I I've taught you some ways. I know. Like, do I really need to go get a face steamer now? That's the thing. I feel so good because I'm like I'm really not a, a, a host example, but I am a skincare example. So let me tell you that. So um yeah, I, the face steamer kind of wakes up your eyes. It like takes away those dark circles, mm -hmm. and it just makes your face like glow again, which. If you're tired, no amount of makeup will hide that. Yeah. You need a steamer. So there's that. Mood-wise, um, a cup of coffee ne like goes a long way for me. It always melts. It makes me like super peppy and just like, yeah. yay, I'm ready to go. But I just feel like as a host, and that's when you know you really, really love it, you can be the most miserable you, you are in the world. No, sorry. Let me start there. You can be the most miserable you've ever been. Mm -hmm. If you really, really love doing it, as soon as the like camera turns on and someone hands you the mic, it just like you're just like, oh You're in your element you're, and ready you, to go. You're in your element. And sometimes it's hard not to you know, to think about your issues while you're doing it. But I always think of either the story I'm telling or the person I'm talking to and I just really put myself in that situation. When a celebrity is, t is talking to me on a red carpet and saying, I've been doing this and I've been doing that. I really try to f think and feel what 
it must feel like to be doing those things and be that and then that's what really I, I kind of get lost in that in mm -hmm. a way and then if I have to talk to camera I just think of the subject I'm talking about and I really try to be passionate about the topic I'm talking about and I just forget about all my worries oh well I mean I, I agree with that too because yeah. there are some times where I come in here and automatically when I leave I feel happy it's like a little bit of therapy yeah you know what I mean you feel like you've achieved something mm -hmm. you come in and you're like I really don't want to do this like that happens to me actually almost every time I do like a red carpet because you know as a host the red carpet is it's like exhausting it's so it's fun it's in the beginning it's like the most exciting thing but once you've done a lot it's like you have you have to drive, you have to find the place, you have to park, you have to stand on your heels for hours, you have to like hustle to get to talk to people. Pushing every other outlet out of the way. Pushing, you forget your water bottle, your mouth gets dry, which is what, you always bring a water bottle with you, I'm <laughs> gonna tell you that. But, um, and you, ju it just feels like a, a hassle, not a hassle, because I love it, but it's very exhausting. Yeah. Um, but as soon as you talk to all these people and you've learned things and you've shared things, you leave and you're like, Ugh, I love doing this. I want to do it. Fulfilled. Yeah, you feel fulfilled. Do mm -hmm. you feel that? Yes, I agree. Yeah, so you always have to remember the outcome, which is you'll feel great. Like going to the gym, except not. Yeah, except, you know what? <laughs> except that's better than the gym, because when I go to the gym, essentially to get a better figure, I get hungry afterwards. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, yeah, so it really just doesn't matter. Is yeah, what you're telling the gym is not all that good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so aside from Hollywire, yes. you obviously have your own brand, the You Can't Sit With Me, and then you do your show, uh, Fashionably Latte, once a week. Yes. So uh, you're so busy. Thank I you mean, for even as your friend, show. like, you, I mean, you're always working. What do you think the hardest part is about, you know, maintaining all these things? Um, de so definitely one thing I've been struggling with when it comes to my podcast, I'm a bit of a control freak, so I like to do everything myself, mm -hmm. um, has been the editing. Editing takes a lot of time, especially when you want to produce quality content. If you're just doing like, I don't know, a live show like Fashion Be Latte, there's a lot of preparation that goes into it, but then once it's live, it's live. The podcast, you have to prepare, you have to edit, and then you have to do all of the social postings because then you've basically done an episode for nothing. Right. So that's kind of the most challenging part, I would say. Um, yeah. How are you on consistency? I hear that it matters a lot, so I want your opinion. Yeah, consistency matters. Uh, so I take it day by day because this whole new schedule is like new to me. Mm -hmm. So I've been just trying and so far I've like succeeded, but you know, on Monday I wake up and I'm like, oh, like, am I going to have an episode? And then I'm like, oh yeah, I'll just sort something throw out something with this. Together. Yeah, I yeah. just throw, it's just throwing things together in the beginning, but I feel like the more I produce episodes, the more people are interested in being guests and the less hustle it is to actually get a guest. Mm -hmm. So that's a, a plus. Yeah. Um, what I really like about podcasting, I will add, if I may, yeah. um, is that it's not so much number obsessed people aren't because no one knows the numbers so like people like if you're not the most popular podcast people will still listen to you because they don't exactly know how many like subscribers you have or followers you have so i think if you want to start something of your own you have a fair chance with a podcast and podcasting is just a great you know platform to begin with because i think it's the easiest 
It's, I mean, it's, it's hard, don't get me it's wrong. It's easy but for you because you're talented. And like, you have to be talented to be able to entertain someone in an audio format yeah. for like 20 minutes or an hour. So it's easy for you because you're talented and it comes naturally to you. But some people, I promise you, are terrified. Yeah. Of I guess just producing-wise, because editing yeah. video and all that, I mean, it's it's a lot. But, yeah. you know, I, something I'd want to ask you, too, is I think that you're phenomenal at marketing. And you. you could have the best podcast in the world, but like you said, it, does, it could be for nothing if you don't put anything to it yeah. before and after. Yeah. So what are some, after you're done recording... Um, an episode of Fashionably Latte or yeah. an episode of You Can't Sit With Me, what are like essential steps you have to take to make sure that you blast it out there? Well, it depends on each platforms you're using. So for example, on Facebook, because Fashionably Latte until in a bit, which was gonna be on YouTube, it was on Facebook. Mm -hmm. you, you need to take advantage of all the platforms that you're using. So Facebook is very shareable. Mm -hmm. So what we did the first couple of weeks is we did the live video, which obviously is boosted by the algorithm because Facebook likes it when you go live because it's one of their newer features. Mm -hmm. So we told five friends each just share the video so that Facebook picked up on the action. And so a lot of people were able to see the show with podcasting, it's different because it's not a search engine. You know, it's not like YouTube where you search how to do this and then a lot it of videos up. will pop up. So with podcasting, what I've done is a lot of collaborations. Even if it's not with podcasters, just having people that have a, like a little bit of an influence and saying, will you be on my show? I really want to interview you. I want to promote you. But then you make them a little clip or a nice little graphic for them to share on their socials. Okay. So with podcasting, I found that um, collaborating has really helped with um, growth and getting better guests and also just getting better myself mm -hmm. altogether. And when you're starting out, I mean, is, is it hard to get guests? How do you start getting that momentum going? Um, so I had to really, you know, there's no easy way and there's no way that you're going to start something and you're going to be like, I want to bring Selena Gomez into yeah, my of studio. Course, of course. But what I did is I did go for people who I thought would never accept. And um, I was actually a big fan of this girl called Macy K. She's a YouTube singer. And I messaged her management and I said, Hi, my name is Diana. I work for this outlet and this outlet. I'm a professional journalist. Um, I've, I'm just starting this project. Um, it has nothing yet. I just made a web page for it. Um, would Macy Kate want to participate? Um, and her management responded saying, congrats, we love the webpage. It looks like a great idea. She'd love to participate. Oh, that's great. So you'd be surprised at the amount of people that are just down to collaborate because they've been there when they started. Mm -hmm. Especially the really successful people that have been doing it for a long time, they know how hard it is. So if you show that you're starting a project and that it's serious and that you're really passionate about it, they'll believe in you as well. Mm -hmm. um, I find that arrogance is not always the best way when you're just starting out, yeah, basically. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You're, you know, you're inspiring me about my own podcast over here. <laughs> Your podcast is so good. Have you listened? OGAF. <laughs> it's so funny. I was listening the other day. It was so funny. Yeah, well, when now I'm going to put, I'm going to take some of your pointers and start growing that shit. When you talk about your fake half ponytail, <laughs> that was, it was like so, a little ratchet. It was so funny. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, I know that you're getting your own, you're getting your own guests on your podcast and that goes by, you know, reaching out to people. Yeah. But how about red carpets? Because now you're, 
uh, on behalf of You Can't Sit With Me, you're hitting up all these red carpets. You're like a regular on the voice red carpet, which is what we do here at AfterBuzz too. Right. How do you even get started with that? Uh, I, honestly, I don't, I've already done one red carpet for my podcast. But still, you have your own mic flag, you have your own I, spot on the carpet. DIY. That's huge. It's DIY. The mic flag is supposed to be this, like, official thing, and it's DIY. Well, you got to use what you have, and I think I know. that's also another lesson, is it's not really about the equipment at the end of the day. It is a little bit. Like, it it's about the knowledge. Yeah. So, like, working you can your way. Work. Yeah, you can, it's like, yeah, working your way around it. Like you don't need this camera, but if you have this camera and this lighting, you can make it work. Type mm -hmm. of thing. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, so the red carpets. So what I did is exactly the same thing that I did with the guests. Is I messaged people and I said, "Hi, this is me." They also kind of knew me from like going for other outlets, and okay. I said, um, "So I found the PRs, the contact online, and I said, um, I have this podcast that I've started. I've come on the carpet all these years. I'm a huge fan of doing of covering this event." would you give me the chance to do it as my own outlet? And that's not like, as you say, that's amazing. You're here with AfterBuzz. Like I went as myself. It was super nerve wracking. I was at the very end of the carpet with like the, the most awful camera that anyone had on that carpet. But you know what? I just went there and I did it. And it's very intimidating showing up at, at a carpet as a host. And I was, you know, a bit intimidated but yeah. I just did you just have to go and do it and be low maintenance it's important yeah. to be low maintenance I feel and I think there's a huge lesson in that is a lot of things here are very relationship based and yeah. especially on a red carpet it's all about it's not really about the talent it's kind of just about their management and the PR you know yeah because they're the people who are giving you the talent yeah so if you are kind to them and you're respectful uh -huh. you, it ends up working out for you because then you got your own spot because yeah. they know that you're a reputable person. You know what I mean? I feel it's also about the the quality of what you do. Exactly. So even if you're not very nice to them, which I don't recommend, always be nice to the yeah. people you work with. But if you provide them with quality content that puts their, their project or their show in evidence, mm -hmm. they appreciate that as well. So if you if I went there and just did a stupid interview, I know that would be a bad look for, for my thing. So I went and I tried to edit them well. I tried to include a logo. I you know me and branding and just doing that stuff. So you have to try your best to make it look good for them as well, and they'll appreciate the effort. Right. Yeah. And one last question that I wanted to ask you was. Um, You've recently started doing live reads within your content. So meaning like at live advertisements. Oh yeah. So we do that here at After Buzz too, mm -hmm. but I mean it's great because you want to start making money yeah. while you're creating. That's kind of the goal, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you even get started with something like that? Like do you reach out to these people? Do they reach out to you? Right. What do you think the first step is? So I reached out every single brand I've had on my podcast, mm -hmm. I reached out to them. And I said, um, I do a lot of lifestyle things on my podcast. They're not very obvious. I'm not like, so today I'm going to do a haul. Like, yeah. I, I'm not, I don't make it that obvious. But I talk a lot about beauty stuff and lifestyle things because it's a part of my job. And I struggle with always keeping my S together. My <laughs> shit together. We yeah, can say there you shit. go. <laughs> um, so I talk a lot about my struggles to be in L.A. because I feel like so many people care so much about that kind of stuff in L.A. Um, so I reached out to a brand and I said, hi, um, 
you know, your, I use your product, your product has really helped me in my day-to-day -day life and I would love for my listeners to benefit from that. Can we work together? And it's the same as the guest. If you go and you say this is a beginning project and have no arrogance and you're very honest about what you're doing mm -hmm. um, and you show that you have concept and thought around it, they'll 100% be down to work with you because these brands know more than anyone that anything can go viral and if a show is good, it will it, it can do well yeah. so they'll be down to you know to test things out and collaborate so i guess just always put yourself out there and provide that quality content that exactly. makes it worth their while as well and don't be afraid to it's so annoying to me sorry when people say put yourself out there because i feel like it doesn't just take putting yourself out there to make it we well, have to make do it tastefully and strategically it's about the delivery mm -hmm. i think if you show people that you want to work and you want to provide good content and you want to promote their brand in the best way, they will appreciate it. They don't always look at, you have a million followers, I'll just send you a bunch of stuff and mm -hmm. pay you a bit of money. Sometimes, you know, the people who started brands, especially smaller brands, by the way, because on my podcast I talk about smaller brands, these smaller brands are started out of passion. They're not like big manufactured things. So if you go the emotional route, um, it will resonate with them and they'll want to work with you. Well, do, honestly, I have a meeting with um, my podcast partner tomorrow and I'm going to use all these tips to blow her mind and blow our shit up. Thank you. And I'm sure the audience will too. Thank Yay. you so much for coming back to After Buzz. Thanks for having me. I'm so honored to be on After Yeah, Buzz. well, I'm going to ask about some pointers on sharing this episode. So Yay. hopefully you can help me I, mean, out. I don't know how you think I'm the best person you to give know, advice. You know, you know. Okay, so where can everybody follow you? Where can they listen to you? Where can they see you? Okay, so you can listen to me on the You Can't Sit With Me podcast. That is on the iTunes, no, the Apple. I can't even do iTunes. my. I you know how to find a podcast on iTunes. I can't okay? even do my own plug. See? Jeez, get it together. Oh, I'm so nervous. Oh, my God. It's so <laughs> embarrassing. This is what you should not do. Okay, so find it on the Apple Podcast app and on other stuff. Um, my website is concertwithme.com. Then I have my Instagram, which is at D-I-A-N-A-E-S-P-I-R. Diana Espier, but it's Diana Espier. <laughs> and uh, on a Holly Wire, on Fashionably Latte, yeah. um, all this stuff. Yeah, follow her. Fantastic aesthetic, I must say. Thank you. I have so many apps. I get to know. <laughs> I need so many apps. And as you guys know, I'm Olivia Gabri, and you guys can hit me up at the real underscore O underscore G. I'll see you next week. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later.